record it coast to coast to wherever you're listening to this right now. This is the Low End Marauders podcast. What's good, everybody? With another new episode of the podcast, thank you for sticking in and thank you for listening. Um, you know, Kyle is still here with us uh, in spirit. I'm joined with uh, Jared. What's happening, Jared? What's going on? Oh, man, it's been a minute since we did this. Got a lot to talk about. Got a lot to talk about. Um, we going to rank some um the best uh, first album and sophomore albums. We're going to talk about 6 9 and his attack. We're going to talk about um, 50 versus Wayne and a potential verse, versus battle. But first, let's go ahead and um, get right into it and talk about uh, Joe Button being ranked on uh, Complex's hip hop media uh, list that came out uh, back on the 3rd. Um, basically, what Complex did is they basically put together a list of uh, hip hop's uh, biggest uh, media uh, power rankings based on uh, what you see online, what you hear on the radio, uh, see on YouTube, Twitch streamers, and things like that. Uh, list. And uh, at number one, the uh, the good people at Complex named Joe Button from uh, obviously the Joe Button podcast, uh, number one on their list. Um, yeah, he was named number one on their uh, list. Uh, let me scroll through and see who else made the list. At number two, they had DJ Academics, his former everyday uh, struggle. Uh, Co-host number three was uh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God. Number four was Billy uh, and Wallow for Million Dollars, uh, Million Dollars podcast over there on Barstool Sports. And number five is Nori with uh, Drink Champs. Um, well, first off, before we uh, talk about Joe Budden, uh, do you think Complex got it right with the first five um, picks? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think the way Joe as you know, has, you know, bounced back and, well, I ain't going to say he fell off, but, you know, after the, you know, the friends split up, the Warrior Mall situation, and then coming from that, getting ice and, oh, boy, fixing that situation and getting, getting them two together. And now they just added Queen's Flip. And oh boy, um, Queen's flipping my Queen's flipping from Mr. Ford, and it is you know, they they do anything over there. I'm not gonna lie, like, you got a little, I don't watch it as much as I used to, but I mean, obviously, they're doing something right over there. And they still view Joe as a as a as a credible source for you know for opinions and what he cares about and what he doesn't. 
He has a strong voice. And they call they don't call him the Pie Father for no reason. So that whole list is actually pretty accurate, honestly. Like they the way it's formatted it, it it it, it didn't have no choice but to be between academics and 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 Joe because academics is the voice of the youth and it's like he just he just he just knows how to bring in contact trolling or not he knows how to he knows how to bring in his audience with twitch and he didn't want to really buy and twitch was a gaming situation over there but he made it the first one to make twitch involve hip-hop and just on music news and stuff that was different so And as far as Gilly and Wallow, like I, I I watch them all the time. Like those are my guys. And Drake has only thing bad about only thing about oh Charlemagne, you know that self explanatory. Like he he always got a good good interviews. That's the first person I made. I, that's the first time I seen Pusha T cry. He and he had schoolboy crying. Like yeah, like this man is on his on his Barbara Walters shit right now. <laughs> on his Oprah shit. And then, only thing like drink champs, only that kind of like I ain't gonna lie, bro. After that Kanye situation, I kind of stopped looking at drink champs. I noticed that. Last time Kanye was on there, yeah, like after he put after he had him on there, and then he backpedaled and was like, um, well, I'm sorry, y'all. For having him on there, like I should have checked them, but but earlier, a few hours earlier, you was you was you was uh bragging on on Twitter about how you the number one trending right now. You know what I'm saying? And then you double back as soon as you caught backlash, you you pat you backpedal was like, yeah, I'm sorry for having him. Nah, bro, I couldn't. After that, bro, it just, it was just and then it, it wasn't even that the. The the other uh, other final straw, that was the final straw. The first one was the uh was the um was the um fucking Irv Gotti situation. Like it was just messy. It like it's like Dream Chance became messy, and I feel like it. They just was just all about views. Like like the the. In, that that like the integrity was losing, like Earth God, they they just letting Earth God slander Ashanti without saying shit. Kanye can say what he, I mean, of course that's Kanye gonna say what he want, but you knew that, and you put him on a show for the viewership because the first one had hits, so you want to double back, but then what? But then you are gonna try to censor what he's saying? I'm like, you can't do that, bro. And I love I love Nori, but that shit kind of turned that shit kind of turned me off of the show. Honestly, I ain't been, I ain't watched it since. Hey, I mean, that is, I don't think there's really been guests on there that really have caught my attention since that, too. To be honest, no. Well, he's, he's got uh, good people on there, but it's just like you know, like you said, he he did kind of lose a lot of. You know, respect from others, especially when he did bring Kanye West on uh, that infamous episode, and then they had to pull it. 
Uh, I remember he had to, uh, like you said, I remember he had to, you know, go around, make rounds about uh, why yeah. he had him on there. And it, and I just remember saying, like, no, you did it for the views. You did it for the clickbait. You did it because, you know, it, um, you know, it was the most talked about thing on YouTube and social. So, you know, that's why you did it. Mm hmm. He did the whole apology tour. Yeah. I'm like, bro, he know what on High 97. He went on Breakfast Club. I'm like, bro. Just stand on what you said. Like, that's your man. Like, stand on it. Like, you you wanted him on there for the views. He gave you that. He used you. Y'all used each other. He knew Drake Chance was a big platform, and his voice was going to be heard. And you was like, fuck it, I'm about to get these viewership. This yay. Right. Yay brings a lot of viewership. Just be honest. So, he knew that. All right. So, Right, but uh, I catch it every now and then, um, whenever I get a chance to, um, what else? Uh, Charlemagne, you know, self explanatory. Uh, he's got, you know, his own show, um, he's got the Breakfast Club. Got a uh, brilliant idiots with uh, comedian Andrew Schultz. Um, you know, he's doing his own thing. Just uh, I remember he had the one with uh, Mikio, uh trying to get his career back in order. Uh, he had the uh, Absol interview that was a good one. Uh, you know, just a bunch of good, uh, good ones on uh, hit on. Uh, I guess you could say the Breakfast Club YouTube channel because I believe that's where uh, his solo interviews are. Uh, DJ Academics. I mean, say what you want about him. I mean, he really has, you know, uh, basically created his own platform. He's created his own lane. And, you know, now he's got everybody talking about him for better or worse. So, I mean, that person, you know, who's, you know, Making a name for himself, uh, like you said on Twitch, uh, you know, having his own uh, little Twitch channel and talking about things going on there. Yeah. With uh, Joe Button, and and the thing is, I mean, I'm not mad at Joe Button for you know being on uh, being number one. Uh, basically, um, a person who has turned you know uh, shit to sugar. I mean, he, he's got uh, probably, I think he was like one of the first rappers to have a, a podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, rappers. Yeah. One of the first rappers to have a podcast. Um, first was Combat know, Jack, but Combat Jack ain't no rapper, but. Yeah, you know, God rest his soul, too. Yeah. Rest in peace. But. Rest in peace to him. Um, but you're yeah. right, dude. Yeah, but definitely. Um, you know, I just like how he basically is still you know, keeping a career post, uh, I guess you could say, rap retirement, especially since, you know, people consider him a one hit wonder. Uh, with yeah. uh, one song, Pump It Up. But, you know, he 
Uh, but you know, he stayed relevant. He stayed uh, working on his grind. I, I do have to say, I did lose a little respect for him. You know, with how he got rid of Rory and Mal on his show. I got to be honest with you about that. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, uh, like, I don't know what uh, they really, what the fallout was over or, you know, why he, you know, fired him uh, due to some kind of contractual agreement or something like that. But, you know, you don't just fire people, you know, especially on air uh, like that. Come on, that's, you know, that's a little, that's some shady shit. But anyway, um, I guess, well, I haven't really caught Joe Button, to be honest with you, too. I catch clips of it every now and then on YouTube. Uh, and he he does have some good guests on there, too. I know uh, every now and then he has Vince Staples on there, uh, one of my uh, favorite rappers, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at um, at Joe Button for, you know, being number one on Complex's uh, list. So congratulations to him. Hopefully he can keep it up too. So, um, yeah. But uh, basically, um, you know, with the uh, list coming out, his former uh, co host said uh, has exchanged some words about him being uh, number one on there. Uh, first, it was being congratulatory then it it basically turned into them seem, seeming like they were kind of hating on him for you know being one of the list um yeah I, I don't know if it was basically them you know just being mad that whatever happened it's still you know it, they still have that grudge but you know it's just like i mean you can't really be mad at uh can't really be mad at somebody you know who, who's really you know or being on the grind and, you know, doing his own thing. Ain't really looking back. But uh, speaking of Joe, he also said uh, the show has been uh, the best it's ever been without Rory and Mal. I mean, do you agree with that? Uh, see, I don't, I don't look at the full episodes no more like that. But I'm gonna start though. I'm gonna I'm gonna start because I like Queen's Flip. So, right um, I don't know. I just loved their dynamic because 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 of, of course it was a business, but I felt like the friendship was there. And like, not saying these people ain't friends. They they knew each other too for a while. But I'm saying the chemistry though was just unmatched, and it was just like a bunch of friends kicking it. Like you know what I'm saying? It was just organic. Yeah. Even even episodes where they didn't have any topics, those were the best episodes because they were just coming off the flies. They were just talking like regular shit. Yeah, and it was good. And it, and it became good content. I don't know. I just loved I just loved all three of their dynamics. So I just I just, just just didn't give it a chance for the new crowd, but I feel like it's just a bunch of. It's just a. I don't know. I just feel like. Sometimes I feel like, Joe is the only voice, on the show. Sometimes, and exactly. whatever he's 
and whenever he says they kind of fall behind, like there's there's no one standing on their own opinion. They're like like it's no it's no they don't it's not a, they don't challenge him enough. Right. Even even on everyday struggle, academics was like at least challenging what he think it was saying. Like it was a debate from a young from a from a young man's perspective and old man's perspective. That was a good dynamic. They were challenging each other, but it feel like whatever Joe says, that's law. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that just that just turns me off of the show too. Yeah, kind of like a one-sided first take. Yeah, yeah exactly. We just go along for what he said. Oh yeah, that was trash. Like <laughs> if it was good, just say it was good. Like y'all scared to challenge anything he say. Guess so, probably because they don't want. Even, to even. Oh, see, that's that's fucked up though. Like, I don't like that. Like, damn, I can't speak my mind. I gotta like be a yes man to. Nah, bro, that ain't that ain't how to live, bro. Right. We can always agree to disagree. I be on these Facebooks debating with everybody, arguing. Well, I'm not arguing, but I'm voicing. I'm standing on everything I say on Facebook. I stand on what I say. Uh, I, if I feel like something's trash, it's trash to me. And, but it's my opinion. All right. Right. And and like I said, I mean, it's it's been a while. I uh, I haven't really seen any of uh, Joe Budden's recent clips either, but. I mean, if he feels like the show is, is going good without him, I mean, hey, more power to him. Yeah. So, but um, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know. Oh, he also be having um, Melissa Ford from some of the clips I've seen, too. Yeah, um, yeah. She, they, they added her, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool, too, because they got, like, a woman. That's what they needed, honestly. They need, like, a woman's perspective. Yeah, they they did, especially since uh, what's her name got? Uh, I guess she left or she got kicked off the show. Uh, you know, get you know a woman's perspective on that as well. Right. So, uh, I, I also I also say I do like. The addition of Queens Flip and uh, Melissa Ford, that they're basically, you know, evolving with the show too, instead of just keeping with the same format again and again and again. Because I mean, um, you know, you gotta evolve, you know, when the times change. So, shout out to him for doing that. Right, and I think another podcast I liked was uh, was uh. Was uh, my expert opinion? Oh, Matt Hoffman. Yeah, he came in at number ten. Yeah, I just that's cool. Well, I just feel like I was I was I mean sometimes his interviews it be it be cool. I mean the 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 latest interview he did was Bow Wow, and um, it's cool. I feel like when the homie switched up on him and left, it kind of changed too. Because he lost his, uh, he lost his main, um, 
he lost his main uh cameraman too, so it's like the angles be different, the quality be different. It just looks like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not the same, but I mean it would still be having it still be having cool guests on there. You just gotta get his momentum back because he was on a roll for a while. And Tony Yeo was like his biggest hit. And that's I ain't gonna lie, between the Ye, the first time Ye got on Drink Champs, and then the first time Tony Yeo was on my expert opinion, those are my favorite two interviews since the Dame Dash interview on Breakfast Club. Like, like Tony Yeo did his thing. He was arguing with niggas. Like, it was like on some New York shit. They just argue about random shit. And I love it. Tony Yeo was not letting up. After the Tony Yeo interview, and it just didn't, it just... It just kind of, to me, it lost his luster, but, but I don't know. Shouts out to them, too. I watched them, too, though. I said, Matt Hoff at number 10, Jason Lee at 11, D. Martinez at 12, Hyde at 17, Floor at 13, Angela Yee at 14, Funkmaster Flex, number 15, Peter Rosenberg, 16, Jinx. Uh, I like, uh, I haven't heard Rap Caviar podcast. That it's cool. It's, I mean, it's okay. Uh, what about, um, what about nine? What about rankings nine through? Six. Six. Uh, we got DJ Vlad. TV. Uh, Elliot Wilson uh, for eight with uh, Rap Radar Podcast. Okay, because they pumping out, hey, they pumping out, they pumping out shit uh, almost every week now. They be <laughs> having shit, they prefer, they be having shit in the tuck. Like that, they just released the West Side Gun interview a while ago. That well, a couple of days ago, they released. Um, well, I watched the Larry Jewel one like a couple of days ago, and then they did the, uh, the Currency and Jermaine Dupri, and then now they got uh, they just did Brett Fires like not too long ago, like. Like they they just been pumping out episodes, bro. I don't know what happens. Two oh, it'd be there. You said what now? Two numbers getting low. But uh, number seven, we got uh, Carisha. Uh, Carisha, please. Uh, six, uh, Kai Sinet. I, I don't know. I don't watch him on uh, Twitch and on YouTube, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, like I said, five, Nori, four was uh, Gillian Wallow, million dollars worth of game. 
Charlemagne at three, academics two, Joe Budden number one. But uh, shit, anything else you want to add on before we get into uh, six nine? Oh, nah, we can we can move on, bro. All right, let's get so far. Let's get into talk about tour. As everybody knows, uh, and as everybody has seen, to be honest with you, basically what happened was six um, nine, who was uh, quote unquote savagely beaten uh, at an LA fitness gym in Florida. Um, had a video surface online of the beating and was uh, and had to be uh, taken to a hospital. Um, well, well, before I get into that, uh, first off, what are your thoughts on him? You know, getting jumped at an at an LA fitness bathroom. First, I was like, "Damn, they finally got him." Two, <laughs> two, I was like. I don't know if this is set up or not. Like it's just thing. It should. It seems too good to be true. It see. It seemed like it was staged. Think so. I mean, I heard he has said some some evil things about Mexicans, like, and then that's that's what stemmed into that in the gym. I'm like, why would you go to the gym of all places to get jumped? Like, you know what I'm saying? It just feels kind of, it just feels kind of off. You feel me? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it might be, it might just be real. Academics was damn sure was crying. <laughs> That's true. Because uh, everybody knows two, them two are real close. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, my first reaction was, uh, you know, all that shit you were talking, it caught, it came back and bit your ass. All yeah. that shit you were talking about, you know, who militant, you can't be touched, uh, you know, this, 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 and, you know, it came back and it bit him in the ass. And and the thing is, you know, it, it's caught on tape. You know, um, and you basically got your ass kicked for it. So, I mean, you know, you want to live that life, you got to live that life. Uh, so, you know, you got to take the bumps and bruises that come with it. But, um, you know, I, I don't wish, you know, I don't wish, you know, an ass kicking on anybody. But, you know, sometimes you got to. You know, you gotta suffer the consequences for your actions. So he got he got jumped like like a uh, little B did at Rolling Loud one year by P and B Rock with the piece. Was it was it P and B Rocket in that jumped him? That jumped little B one that? year and then and then he was like, yeah, because they all had book bags on and shit like. Was that like, uh, I would say like 2019, 2018? Nah, this is earlier than that. I oh. think 2018 or something. It was before the pandemic, I know that, way before the pandemic. And he was like, yo, I got, 
Lil B went on stage like right after that was like, yeah, they, I just they just jumped me, but I'm out here because I love my fans. I was like, yo. Oh, yeah, he did. It was by uh, A Boogie and PMP Rock, right? Yeah. Damn, that was five years ago. What year was that? Yeah, 2018. Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, sometimes you gotta shut, you gotta learn how to shut the fuck up, and sometimes you gotta learn how to defend yourself. And you know, you can't be, you know, you can't have your guards around you all the time. Um, and you know, sometimes you gotta learn how to defend yourself. And in this case, he didn't. And look what happened. So, but um. But the thing that still makes me laugh about all that is how you get your ass kicked by a nigga in Crocs, though. I mean, he, he was getting stomped the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he getting stomped the fuck out of Crocs with no socks. <laughs> God damn. They jumped the color out of this nigga hair. Like. <laughs> oh, damn. And nigga had the Justin Timberlake braids after that. <laughs> Sheesh. I was oh. like, they beat him the fuck up at an LA Fitness. At an LA Fitness. Right? And everybody else, they just uh, standing around going, I don't want no part of that shit either. <laughs> I can't say I don't blame them. I don't play, but um, later after uh, the beatdown and after he got out of the hospital, uh, he basically sat down with uh, NBC6 in South Florida on the 5th, um, which was his first interview since he was attacked uh, by saying, uh, quote, for me, it was tough to watch because it was so unexpected. It's cowardly. When I look at it, I see hate, right? Imagine being someone who doesn't know someone from a hole in the wall. I'll give you an example. Today is the first day that I meet you. I don't know you from anywhere. I could have heard something about you that I may have an opinion on, but I don't know you to hate you. He later on continued by saying, does that give me the right to attack you, to ambush you? I think it was cowardly. I think it was opportunistic. But again, I'm not mad because I know in the streets there are no rules. I'm at a loss for work because they saw an opportunity and they took it. Uh, he would later go on to say that the attack was calculated and that they cornered him in the sauna and blocked his only exit. He later uh, doubled down on his uh, uh, on the statement by saying that he wasn't going to up his security detail after the attack. Uh, he also kept on going that uh, by saying, I think life just keeps going. Uh, I can capitalize off anything. I'm that talented. I don't need to get beat up to sell a record. 
But the three men who did jump him uh, have been arrested on assault and robbery charges over the attack, which was caught on camera. Uh, so, I mean, um, with that, I mean, with him saying that it's staged, do you believe it? Was it staged? I'm sorry. Oh. Um. I don't know, man. It's hard to it's 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 hard to tell with this guy, man, because he's for one, he's very calculated. Like you went to Chicago that one time and act like nobody was outside, but you gotta think about how long was he out there for? He's probably out there for like two minutes and then went back in the truck. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, but he create, but he's good at creating illusions. He's a very smart guy. That's undeniable. Very smart kid. He knows how to troll. He knows how to make it look like something that's really what it's not. But he knows how to make it look like it is. Like he's he's great at that. So for him getting jumped just to him to to be talked about in the news is not far fetched to me. Right. Then again, it could be some real shit. But I don't feel like I don't know that. I don't know. It took him forever to get caught slipping like that. So it's just kind of weird to me. But I don't know. Right. But but as we all know, you know, karma comes for everybody. I mean, when you out here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Karma has. A, yeah. Yeah. When you out here disrespecting the dead, you know, taunting people, telling people to, you know, suck your thing. And, uh, and, you know, doing all this, I mean, it does come back and bite you in the ass. It does. It does. And karma has no time limit. No, no time and it comes whenever. Right? So, I'm uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> karma comes for everybody. Uh, as soon as you get caught skipping, that's when it bites the hardest. And so, when that, uh, like you said, there was you know, going out to Chicago, I think it was Oblock, uh, that you were referring to. Um, looked like it was like in the middle of the night, early morning, stepped outside, you know, trying to say, you know, show that he's tough, he this, that, and, you know, uh, and then, uh, you know, trying to act like he's tough. And then, like you said, a few minutes later, he's back in the car. So, you know, with him, you know, doing all this, it finally caught up to him. And to be honest with you, I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, he industry player. For real. Uh, no troll, but, you know, hopefully he can learn something from this. But knowing him, he probably won't. Because I'm pretty sure uh, soon, you know, when he, when the spotlighting on him that's when he's gonna start doing and saying shit for attention just to get you know people talking about him again and then that's when you know the cycle repeats itself again but to the people that did jump I mean, it was, I mean I get why they did it because you know with him you know snitching and, you know, that's the code of the streets. Don't snitch. Don't say, all, uh, you know, don't tell nobody nothing. You know, caught up with him. 
and um, you know, I I kind of just wish that you know if they were going to do that, you know, just have your backs face to the camera, uh, away from the camera, that you know, trying to be, you know, for doing this to uh to them, you know. But yeah. But uh, you know, it is it's hard to you know defend a person for the actions, especially you know six nines for what he did. But you know, you, you just gotta just gotta pay the price. It is it's hard. It's hard to you know defend a person who's like that. But, you know, Hopefully, you know, he'll he'll learn something too. Shit, we're gonna do this quick. Uh anything else you wanna add to this before we get into uh fifty cent and uh Lil Wayne? Um I just wanna say uh six nine, you really deserve it. Like you've been fucking with people for too long. But my thing is, he's an industry plant, so, you know, the labels forces this nigga to, like, you know what I'm saying? To, like, to, to just to do antics, I feel like, like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta think, like, every now and then, he come out and do some wild shit, but other than in between time, he be ducked off. So I be feeling like somebody's, t- somebody's pushing a button on this nigga, and he got to do some wild shit and then come back. So that's why I said I feel like it's a setup because you ain't hear nothing from this nigga before he got jumped. Like, that shit was just mad random. Like, he don't be on the net like that no more. And all of a sudden, he, and all of a sudden he getting jumped. That's why I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a PBR stunt. PBR. It's a PR stunt. You feel what I'm saying? It does make sense when you put it like that. Like you, like before the jumping, like you ain't really, I ain't really, you ain't hear from him for like two and a half months. He been quiet, and then now, Honestly, all of a sudden he got jumped. I heard heard him say something. You said what? I can't remember the last time I heard him say something online before all this. That's what I'm. That's why. That's why I'm saying, bro. I think it's like a. Somebody pushed the button. Somebody was like, all right, this needs to be talked about. Go out there. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. That, that, I don't know. I just, that's just how my brain works, bro. Like, I look at all the the, pos- the angles of the situation. Like, right. I, mean, I look deeper than, I look deeper than a surface level. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I said, I can't remember the last time uh, he was online saying some saying or doing some wild shit before all this. Like I said, hopefully he learned something from this. You know, just gotta up your security and you know watch what you say and where you go. Surrounded. But, but, uh, also, you know, shout out to 
other niggas for doing something that, you know, Chicago niggas couldn't do, New York niggas couldn't do. You know the streets, they've been waiting for, you know, something like this to happen. Especially after he uh, snitched and got away with it. So shout out to niggas out there in Florida for doing that and, you know, doing something that they, that, um, like I said, Chicago niggas couldn't do. L.A. niggas probably couldn't do. Uh, but then again, he I don't think he was ever really on the West Coast. Shout out to, you know, so shout out to the Florida niggas for, you know, doing that. Right. But uh, let's go ahead. Let's talk about a potential versus battle from uh, Wayne and Sin. Uh, Basically, uh, a lot of people have been talking uh, uh, in the news lately about a potential versus battle uh, between 50 Cent and Lil Wayne uh, that uh, that has been on a lot of people's minds. Uh, Hot, Hot 97 radio host e- Ebro basically said uh, on Twitter... Uh, Sharing his take by saying what Jada Kiss did to Dipset is what 50 would do to Wayne. Um, it's basically had a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, who would win, um, especially we, with, you know, uh, radio personalities, fans online, you know, things like that, too. So um, I'll ask you this. I mean, if if this were to happen, who would you take out of Wayne and Fifty Cent? Oh, Wayne, I'll, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because I feel like Wayne been out longer. Wayne could just Wayne could do shit just off mixtapes alone. Uh-huh. He even got to get to the Carter and all that, all the you know the album runs. He just goes straight mixtapes. So it's like he just got bigger music. He can go off features too. So it's like, what you want? You want the feature bag? You want the Carter's bag? Or you want the mixtapes bag? Like, which one you want? He can he can kill you with either or all with either three. Fifty got songs too, but it's like he you can he, he can he can pretty much just like do the Jeezy route and just do all. All songs off that one album. Oh yeah, I remember that. Or you could, you, I mean, you could do the Fifty Cent. You can do the Beg for Mercy shit, or you could do the Massacre shit, or you can do uh, Get Rich or Die Trying shit. I mean, you got other shit to do. But I feel like this Wayne just got it. Wayne just got it. Wayne just got it, bro. I would say on paper, Wayne does have a key. There's something that also tells me, you know, don't count uh, 50 Cent out, too. You know, uh, like a lot of people, you know, we all know, you know, Wayne's capabilities, you know, his features, the hunger he had to, you know, know, be one of the best rappers and things like that. People also forget you know, that 50, 50 was, you know, he does have hits. 
He uh he was hot at the time, but you know I I will have to agree and go Wayne too, but uh, especially since you know Wayne's been putting in work, and you saw that hunger come out of him um, more and more. I'd say I want to say 2007, 2008, that entire run. It was just mixtape after mixtape, feature after feature. Um, album after album and you know he stayed consistent with it while you know 50 he you know respectfully did his own thing he ventured off uh tv uh, made a name for himself you know shows like power and things like that so i may have to go with wayne on this too but i'd also have to say don't count 50 out because you know if he does have features, he could probably bring uh, people out for. Uh, he does have, you know, Get Rich or Die Trying. He has the Massacre. Uh, shit, I don't know if... I don't know if he could pull something out of Curtis that'll, uh, you know, help get him out. I, mean, I, I honestly can't think of anything off that album that could give him uh, a, a round win for that. Because, like you said, I mean, he had, um, he's got mixtape, uh, you know, Power of the Dollar, uh, you know, uh, shit, I can't even think of his mixtapes off the top, to be honest. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I definitely would have to say Wayne if this were to happen. But I'd also have to say, you know, don't count 50 Cent out, too. So no, what what could what could um what 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 Lil Wayne song could be in the club? Ooh. Was it would you say Lollipop? I would say that. I would say that. That's um, the tub. I think in the club is gonna be that haymaker. I don't know when you're gonna bring it out. But he yeah, might, say, he might save it for the. I'll save it for the second round. Yeah, I would say in the club that might give him uh, uh, a win, right? Uh, a win for the round, right there. I think the only thing I could probably think of that might beat that, and I'll say that again, might, is you know uh, him bringing out Cash Money to do uh, his you know ending verse from back that ass up. After you back it up, is I drop it like I think that's probably that might be the only thing that could beat him in that. I don't know when Wayne will bring it out, but if he put out in the club, I feel like Wayne. If okay, if fifties first, and Lil Wayne got a got a uh, you know kind of counter counteract what 50 does, then I feel like if when 50 puts out in the club, Wayne can put out a Millie. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'll say with Millie for the second round, honest, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He still got some strong songs that could, he still got songs that could hold weight. He don't got to bring out a Millie out the clip so early. And he can wait to the second round for that. Like I said, 
even if it does happen, he, uh, just with guests alone, you know, uh, he could probably be 50 in that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he can bring out, if you want to bring out features and shit, hell yeah. Yeah, he can bring out Nikki. I'd be surprised if he brought out uh, Manny Fresh, Juvenile, uh, G&M. Everybody's home. Even BG's home now, so he's just been laying low. Everybody can come out. The whole hot boys can come. The whole group can come back out. They all still cool. We can get a hot boys album right now. Just just for nostalgic reasons. We we still on fire. That should be the album. We still on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he brought Drake out. Wouldn't be surprised if he brought Nicky out. Right. If, I mean, I already know if this were to happen, he'd bring Eminem out. That's a gimme right there. Oh, um, Wade, can, Wade can do that too. Wade got two songs with Eminem. That's true. Soon as Eminem come out, he can use that same artist but he ain't gonna. But he ain't gonna do no fifty cent. You know his loyalty lies with fifty. He's not gonna do that. Right. Like you know the verses with Ja Rule and Fat Joe. Like Ashanti did both artists. Ooh. Remember when she did? When she did? Uh. What's that shit? What's love and what was it? Always on time. Yeah, always on time. Mm-hmm. And what's the other song? Uh, who? Um, 50 Ja Rule and Ashanti. It's always on time. Uh, Down there, yeah. chick. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Shit, I think that was it, huh? Nah, man, nah, hell, they got more songs. They got more songs that I just can't think about this shit. She came out with uh, Fat Joe and did What's Love. But for 50, uh, other than uh, the the obvious Eminem cameo, I don't think nobody else would want to, you know, work with him since 50 likes to burn bridges. Right. I'll be begging to get on his. will be begging to get on his show and shit. I can't because uh, I can't see G Unit reuniting. I can't uh, on stage with him. I can't see the game uh, reuniting on stage with him. I I can't see um, Lil Kim being on stage with him to perform Magic Stick. That's something he could pull out. Pause. But other than that, I mean, I can't really, see, I can't really see or imagine anybody else, you know, coming to Fifty's age for a surprise appearance um, in that versus. I, I can't. Uh, I mean, for Wayne, it is definitely a gimme right there. But Fifty, nah, I, I don't see anybody else coming, coming out there with. Me. 
paper, I, I definitely, again, I would say Wayne for the win, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 50, he pulls something out of his, uh, out of his bag to you know, try to get the win too. I forgot they got uh, mesmerized. That's the song I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's too. Uh, since we all know that verses, you know, started during the pandemic, and you know, it's really been, you know, entertaining us since then. And now that basically the whole pandemic phase has basically over and done with, my question is do you really think verses is needed now? Say that again. Uh, like I said, um, since we all know that, you know, versus it started, you know, as this little event, um, you know, due to us being on lockdown due to the pandemic, things like that. But um, let, uh, I was going to ask you, like, now that basically, you know, the pandemic is quote unquote over and, you know, people are back outside, you know, doing things. Do you really think that we need versus now? Hell yeah. Because it's fun, man. Because it's like, it's highlighting people's catalogs, man. It's deeper than just the verses. Like, you got, it's celebrating both people. It's a competition. Like, you get your, get your 20 catalog versus their 20 catalog. It's dope, man. This shit is dope, man. And I forgot when the first time they ended up on stage... Was it the was it the dipset shit? Was that the first time? No, I don't think that was the first time, right? Oh, like post pandemic, uh, post lockdown, you mean? Yeah, like the first the first verses that was on that was that was on stage for the audience. Like, which which one? Who did that? That was dipset of them, right? Or no? No, I don't think it was them. No, I think it was before that. Yeah. I want to say it was um, Swiss Beats and Tim 2 and Timbaland 2. Oh, yeah. But no, but the way the way uh, the way Dipset did it, though, and and, bruh, that's that whole vibe. And it was in New York. They had that whole that 90s energy. It right. They cannot. I don't give a fuck that if they they talk about doing another one. Why? Like that first one. If y'all didn't get it, if y'all didn't get it right the first time, just don't do it again. Let that one die. Yeah, just let that one die, bro. Like now it's like, man, we should have did this. Like nah, bro, it's too late. Like fuck it, bro. Like it just, it's just cool, man. It was cool. It was just a cool idea. And then it just grew, man. And I'm proud that it's... You know, they had a couple of whack... They had a couple of whack ones. I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. But other than that, it was it's, it's the, the dopest idea anybody's ever came up with. 
and during the pandemic, we needed that. That shit, that shit feel like niggas needed that, bro. Being at the house all day, just going through it. Like, damn, I can't go outside. But me, I was stuck. I was good during the pandemic. Like, I was working still. Job was still afloat. Um, all I did was focus. I just went. I just went to my wrestling bag again. That and I just remember seeing a couple of them at work too. Like I remember seeing uh, the Fab and Jada kiss. Uh, that means that uh, yeah, right there. Yeah. Bow Wow, Soldier Boy one. I remember seeing that. I, I would say. But I don't think it would be. I don't know if it would be uh, eventful like it has been, you know, when we were locked in. Because you know, now that everybody's uh, back outside, you know, that's what really had us tuned in and you know, watching on, you know, whether it's online, Instagram. You know, I, I don't think. I don't think it's that must see anymore, depending on you know who who's gonna be in battle. To yeah, you know, due to you know people, uh, basically they just want to see something new with it. I mean, it's good that you know people are bringing you know guests in to you know have fun and you know join them too, but. I, I just don't think it would be the impact would be as big as it would be now compared to back then. But, you know, uh, shout out to Timbaland and Swiss for, you know, putting that idea together for, you know, for everybody, especially, you know, like we said, during a time where, you know, we were locked in, we had nowhere to go and we needed entertainment instead of, you know, watching the same shit on whether it was Netflix, Hulu, Whatever, you know. But uh definitely uh it, it it would definitely be must see in my opinion to see fifty and uh Lil Wayne. Cause to be honest with you, I mean since you know I, I would definitely I might say that might be a one sided match. Wait. Yeah, because the favorites within Lil Wayne, you know what I'm saying? And it depends on where you're from. Ooh, that's true. Because if you if you're from New York or whatever around that try around around the area, you're gonna go with Fifty. But from if you like if you're from the South, you or you're just a Wayne fan in general. I'm a fan of both, but I'm more Wayne than Fifty. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Wayne long before 50 came out. So, right. Yeah, anything else you want to add? Oh, also, um, I got another thing we can talk about too. Uh, 
real quick uh, before we get into uh, we'll talk about Jim Jones and Pusha T uh, real quick. But um, anything else you want to add before we move on to that? Um, if the verses happen, that's cool. And if it don't, I'm cool with that too. Like the verses kind of lost its luster a little bit after that whole after the Marion and Mario shit, which was entertaining, but it was just too much. Like it was just over the top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, even though that even though that see two pivotal two pivotal moments on verses to me. Um, was the Dipset battle and Omarion and Mario battle. For one, Dipset battle is you can have a great catalog and fuck it up. That lets you know, like, it's not all about... Now, if it was just studio... If they were just in a studio playing records, cool. But... The, they now it's about performance, performing these songs. Right. Dipset didn't, they didn't, they didn't. You could tell they didn't rehearse shit. It was like, all right, we're gonna play the track and we're just gonna rap over it. Like it wasn't no, it wasn't no set plan. And they ain't even friend, they ain't even cool like that no more. So you could tell they came out separately versus the last coming out together. That told me a lot too. All Dipset members came out one by one. So they don't have the group factor. I think Cameron, I think Cameron just fuck with them off of businesses cause it cause it generates money because people want to see Dipset together. So Cameron looking at it as a business. Even Jim Jones said he don't talk to Cam no more because it's like, bro, I think after after that Jim Jones and Joel situation where they was in the middle of the beef. Cam, I think Cam was sending to his mom or something. I forgot he went away. And then Jim Jones and Jewels was on that stage with 50 Cent. Like, that kind of, bro, that's, that's, that's disloyalty. He looking at it like, damn, I thought this was my niggas. We in the middle of a war. And 50 Cent just finessed y'all to ride it with him. So after that, it's done. After that, you, all you see is Jewels and Jim kicking together. You don't see Cam kicking with Jewels. You don't see Cam kicking it with Jim. Cam kicking it with Mace now. So it's like they back tight again. So it's like it ain't it lost his luster. So that lets me know that you have to lets me know that you have to rehearse, and and that lets you know that preparation is key because even Jadakiss was doing. Other the other niggas verses for them. He was on point. My second my second point with the Mario excuse me in the Mario and Omarion situation. On paper, Omarion is supposed to win because Omarion got the bigger songs. And I didn't know too many Mario songs. I, some songs that came out, I'm like, damn, I forgot he did that. Omarion had all the music, but he did all the watermelon shit. He did too much bullshit around it. Instead of singing, he was dancing. I'm like, bro, he, he just he just he just did too much in that situation. Meanwhile, Mario does a couple songs that we like. He even doing new shit, but he was catering to the audience. 
He was crooning. He was doing his R&B shit, shirt off, trench coat on. He was like, he was singing to the women like, that was genius. Mario did all the antics. Mario, all Mario did was just sing, and then he'll freestyle. He cut the music off and just start, you know, he break the music down and just start singing to the females. Killed them. Killed them. The confidence was there. That's what I said, bro. It's like you have to go into this. Lil Wayne can't lose. I remember watching the verses with Fab and Jadakiss. Fabulous had the songs to beat him, but Fab ain't picked the right shit. You could tell, like, he had the songs down, but I feel like he just depended on the DJ just to pick a record. Like, no, bro. And Jadakiss was going, Fabulous was trying to go more commercial, and then Jadakiss went with the mixtapes. But I'm like, Fab, you got mixtapes too. You got mixtape songs that can kill him too. That's what I'm saying, bro. Fabulous did not go in there prepared, bro. He right. did. Like I said, I think he was just playing it safe. That and, you know, this was still in the early stages of verses too. So I, I want to say maybe he didn't know if he could use mixtape stuff uh, like Jada did um, when he was probably picking his 20 songs or what. But. You know, I, looking back on that, I kind of feel like he he played it safe with that. He did. I, I even my list was better than what Fab picked. Mm-hmm. He could have. Oh my god! You know how many classic mixtapes Fabulous got? Like you know, the locks had. You know, the locks had. They run with the clue tapes, but come on, bro! All Jadakiss did was ninety shit. Like, and two, yeah, all Jadakiss had was 90s verses. It was killing him off the 90s shit. He didn't even tap into the 2000s. Like, that and now that I think about it, I don't think uh, with that versus that Jada had compared to, you know, Locks versus Dis- Dipset, I don't think he played um, any songs twice during the during them two battles. If I remember correctly. No, I think he did. He might have did Ride or Die Chick verse. I think he did a couple songs. I don't know. I don't know. I got. It's been a while since I watched that Fab jump. Yeah, I, I may have to look that up on YouTube to see. But anyway, even even if he did do the song again, it wasn't in his entirety because the group wasn't there. So he just did his part. So I don't know. But anyway, like even if, like I said, if they come out with a verse, it's cool. If not, I'm cool too. Like it's whatever. But but I say it's got to be you know somewhere where nobody has home field advantage. If if it happens or if they do it, I'm thinking maybe you know Vegas, maybe 
L.A., some uh, Miami, somewhere like that. No, I wouldn't even say Miami. Because, damn, I just thought Wayne, he could bring out uh, DJ Khaled. Fuck no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> he ain't gonna benefit to my verses. What are you gonna say? We the best. Like, uh, <laughs> unless he do the, unless he do the, we take it over verse again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a good. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, if there's gotta be somewhere, somewhere where somebody don't have a home field advantage. But uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, anything else you want to add before we get into uh, Jim Jones and Pusha T real quick? Nah, we we can get into that. All right, let's get into this real quick. Uh, we're going to bring this up real quick. Um, like earlier in this year, uh, a lot of people have had a lot to say. Uh, I believe it was Billboard that posted their top 50 rappers of all time list, celebrating uh, hip-hop's 50th birthday uh, coming up in August. And uh, basically, uh, Dipset's Jim Jones has weighed in on the top 50 uh, rapper debate, claiming that uh, one uh, rapper, Pusha T, is undeserving of a spot on that list. Uh, he went on to uh, Rap Caviar's podcast uh, and basically gave his, uh, gave his opinion on uh, Pusha T by saying, quote, what has he done that puts him in the greatest rapper of all time? Besides talk about coke that he probably didn't get himself. Um, he's nice as shit. He could rap his ass off, but what has he done? Nobody has dressed like him. Nobody wants to be Pusha T. I don't remember nothing. And let's not be evil. We don't talk about rap where the nigga that got that pop, that's popping the bitches and want to fuck. And the niggas want to be like, I don't know too many niggas in the game that was leaning towards being like Pusha T. Pusha T don't hold no weight out here. He's not pushing no shit out here. Uh, as he went on and on. And, uh, you know, uh, he later go on to say, uh, well, he basically later went on to say uh, that, you know, Drake is definitely one of the greatest of all time. Uh, all time by saying, quote, Drake is the only one that gets played any place on this earth, and you know they're going to play it in English, he said. If you're not putting Drake in the top two of all time, like, what are we going to do? We're going to keep putting shade on his name? He has broken every single statistic, period. You heard? So, uh, basically, uh, what do you think about uh, Jim Jones' comments on Pusha T? <sighs> OVO Jim. <laughs> God damn, get off this nigga dick. <laughs> I get that you like, okay, do you, you know, Drake brought you on stage, whatever. Cool. But come on, bro. Like, I understand you can say Pusha T don't deserve it. Cool, but he just went too far with his shit. Like, 
And he might be right, because a lot of people don't listen to the Pusha T. I do, I because I've been a fan, because I'm a fan of Pharrell, and I'm a fan of that whole camp, so I know everything that Star Trek was doing at that time. And Clips was like one of my two favorite, it was like what, my favorite duo for a minute after Outkast. Like, Cause I just like the beats they picked and the, the clothes, like they just had a whole era, and I and I love them niggas. But he right though, like it, it all boils down to if you want to go by see if you want to go by rapping ability, push it. You can say push is better tech, as a technical rapper, but Drake overall is better, of course. But it's just like I see what Jim was saying though, like too. And Jim is my man. Like you know, I fuck with you know, I fuck with Jim. I used to dress like Jim Jones, like the rock star shit. So like, so it's like he kind of write about you know what I mean, like do the the influence like do the like it's like the pop thing like do do niggas want to be like you do 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 females want to sleep with you like that's that's the thing like that's what makes you know like you know the man's man of the era like the influencer and drake and drake is like He like checks all boxes, you know what I'm saying. But for him, okay. But Pusha, I feel like he's more underground. So of course, to the outside, you're not gonna hear Pusha T in a club unless they play grinded, and they rarely do that. You're not gonna hear Pusha T. Pusha T is not meant for the streets. I mean, not meant for the streets. Pusha T is not meant for the club. So it's hard to kind of say, you don't hear him outside. You know, you don't make that type of music for you to be outside. That don't mean he a bad artist. That don't mean he don't deserve to be on the list. Now, how you feel like how he's ranked? That's 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 subjective, but he deserves to be on the list, though. Right? He he at least top twenty, top ten. So yeah. So this is so this is like this is a billboard of all time list. Um is basically uh the past like ten years. I guess um with Billboard putting out a top fifty list that came out earlier in the year, then you know, everybody and their mama they want to put out a top fifty list of the best rappers of all time. Their own, I guess, personal list. But I guess uh, this is him just, you know, speaking out on, I guess, his personal list, I'm assuming. Yeah. Is it like a right now list or is it like a of all time list? When Billboard put it out, uh, it, I can't remember the exact date on when it put out, but uh, they put it out due to, like I said, uh, hip hop turning 50 uh, in August. Uh, uh, that's my sound and all. 
you know, making their own list and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I definitely will put Pusha T in my top 20. I mean, based on, you know, lyrics, albums, albums with the clips, uh, solo albums. You know, he, he's been, you know, been, you know, no pun intended, grinding for at least 20 years now. A lot of people seem to forget that, too. You know, whether it was, you know, with, the, uh, with his brother or by himself, you know, he really has stepped his game up. He's put out some great albums. Uh, and, you know, he, he's just been, you know, out here. He recently had a set in uh, Coachella, I think it was this past weekend or the weekend before, or something like that. But anyway, and he, uh, with Pusha T, he basically had the whole crowd rocking. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, um, to say that he ain't top 50, that, that's bullshitting, you know. it. He, he definitely, you know, like I said, he's definitely top 20 in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, you can't just be out here, you know, slandering a person and saying he don't get played outside like that. Especially when Jim, when your shit was being played outside, you got destroyed by, by just one person in a versus battle. <laughs> right. So, so I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm just waiting on Pusha T to respond to this shit. If he responds, so far if he does. Right, but it's gonna be within, within like it, it's gonna be in some clever shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the next Pusha T verse he come out with that's fresh, he gonna address the situation in a smooth way. Mm-hmm. Or he may just diss him and it might go everybody's head. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like he ain't gonna say his name, but he's gonna say like a dipset bar or some shit. It's gonna be clever. Mm-hmm. And he might just talk about that versus battle, like, bro, you got killed by one person, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear more of uh, Pusha T's music, uh, um, whether it be on my Spotify, um, on um, I, I hear it more on um. What is it? Um, in basketball games, when they played the instrumental to grinding, uh, in NBA games, more than I hear, um, more than I hear his music. Right. So, um, I, I would definitely say top ten on the field is it's on the fence. And I think um, with Pusher, he kind of just stayed. Um, he kind of just stayed evolving. Because yeah. he, you know, went from working with Pharrell, and he went from working with Kanye West, and you know, with him, and you know, as we all know, with him working with Kanye West, it brought out some of the best music he's ever put out. Yeah, facts. 
So, I mean, I'm not mad at, um, I can't be mad at a person evolving. But, you know, with Jim, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a one-hit wonder, but, you know, it seems like that's what people, what some people really know him as, just that, because, you know, he had the We, uh, the we high, Fly High single. That was huge. Uh, I want to say, what was it, 20, uh, 2007, 2006, around that time? Yeah. Yeah, he had that. Basically, had uh, Jay Z kill him on his own um, on his own instrumental too. Yeah, so uh, I remember they did have a little bit of a beef, and that's when uh, Jay Z he released his own version of that. I can't remember the, uh, the track, but whenever he did uh, balling on Jim Jones's uh, "We Fly High," Jay Z went Brooklyn. I remember that shit. Oh yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, like everybody says, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But um, uh, but I I gotta call cap on uh, on Pusha T not being a a top fifty rapper. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we get into um, before we start ranking some albums? Um, <clears throat> nah. Um, shout out, <clears throat> shout out to Jim and Pusha T. I mean, that like I said, music is subjective. He has a right to his opinion about it, no matter how um how much. Or who he supports or whatever, that's on him. That's his opinion. We can't knock that. I just think like he could he could say it without talking too crazy, like you know what I mean? Like, but hey, that's 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 Jim for you. Jim trying to you know stir up controversy. He it worked because he in the news, so right. He, he did he, he did his thing. Right. Well, uh, I got one more question before we go. I mean, would, uh, is it too early to consider Drake a top ten rapper of all time? No, because he's been in the game for a while now. Um, yeah, technically, technically, he's been out since twenty ten, twenty eleven. Nah, 07, really. If you want to yeah, come, I, I'm come back about, to like, the first mixtape. Huh? I'm talking like the uh, the debut album. Oh, if you go about that, yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're right. He has been around uh, longer than that with, you know, uh, what was it, comeback season? Well, even before that, the uh, Room for Improvement. Room for Improvement mistake. A lot of people don't know about that one. Right. That's true. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, he, he broke records. He he, been, he dominated game 10, 10 straight years. And I don't even think 
let me see. He dominated from 10, 2010 to 2020. And I'm, I'm trying to compare him to Jay-Z's first 10 years. Jay-Z didn't really pop until his third year. Drake got popping out the gate. Cause he can sing and then he can rap, so it was kind of dope. No more. I mean, Nelly did it, of course, but too. And he can act too, and and Nelly wasn't really a rapper like that. Like he had a couple cool lines, but he wasn't he wasn't barring niggas up like that though. Drake can actually bar niggas up if you want to. Like whenever Drake got a song that has a time and location, he killing shit. You notice that, right? That's true. Like 4 p.m. in Calabasas, 4 p.m. in New York, uh, 5 a.m. in Toronto. Like, whenever he has a time and a location, he going to fuck off. Like, he he bar niggas up. Like, so... That's what I'm saying, man. Right. But shout out, but but yeah, I feel like Drake could be top ten, man. He done broke records, man. He, he been everything he touches is gold. No matter if it's no matter if you don't like the quality of the song, he's a household name now. So anything he come out with, he gonna sell just off the strength of who he is. When when you when he because he already got past, they don't say rapper Drake. They don't even want to say artist Drake. They just say Drake. When your name becomes a genre, you made it. Ooh. Yeah. Cause they don't cause they don't say rapper Drake. They don't say artist Drake. They just say Drake. Right. They already know who it is. Yeah. Like, if you if you if if you know if you don't listen to rap. Or you, if you don't listen to music, of course everybody listens to music. But if you don't listen to rap like that, you know who the fuck Drake is. It's kind of like Jordan or Kobe. Like you don't have to like sports to know who the fuck Jordan or Kobe is or LeBron. Like you ain't got to be a basketball fan to know who the fuck Curry, Steph Curry is. Just like like I don't watch soccer like that, but I know who the fuck. Um, Messi, I know who Messi is. I know who Ronaldo is. You know what I'm saying? Yep, Beckham, David Beckham, Beckham of course. Yeah, so it's like if you if you go outside your genre, you made it. Right, that's the goal. Like, but that, but, but that's it though, man. Right. I mean, I I would I would say respectfully, it would be time to put him in, you know, the top 10 of all time list, too. I mean, it's like you said, he, uh, Drake is starting to get to that point in his career where he's, you know, done it all and won it all. Because, I mean, he's he's got the Grammy wins, still putting out uh, good music. Uh, I mean, basically, at this point, Drake really ain't got to do nothing uh, Really ain't got to do nothing or really don't have anything to prove to anybody. So I think, you know, since, you know, his career has, he's, he's got at least a good, say, what, about 2008, 2010, 
and he's got at least a good 15 years uh, of rap under his belt. I mean, I would say it, it would be time to, you know, throw him in the top 10 of all time. But right. that's for me. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, let's go ahead and let's rank these albums. Uh, this is we're gonna do is we got something a little different. Uh, the best first and second album of these artists. So uh, here's what I'll do is I'll go ahead and I'll tell you the artists. I'll tell you the first and second albums they drop, and then as soon as I list four and the albums they put out, I'll go back and list it again. So uh, for this. One we have um, Nas and his first album, Illmatic, and it was written. The second uh, choice we got is Ice Cube with America's Most Wanted and Death Certificate. Uh, third option we have is uh, Notorious B.I.G. with Ready to Die and Life After Death. And fourth one we have is Clips with Lord Willen and Hell Have No Fury. So, again, Nas with Illmatic and It Was Written, Ice Cube with America's Most Wanted and Death Certificate, uh, Biggie with Ready to Die and Life After Death, and uh, Four with uh, The Clips and Lord Willen and Hell Hath No Fury. So, uh, how are you going to rank this, Jared? Hmm. Well... To start off, all of them's classic albums. Uh, I listen to all um, eight of these albums religiously at one some point in my life. Um, this is a great rookie to sophomore album transition. Um, it's dope to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna put. I'm going to rank them and then tell you how I feel about it, why it should be there. Okay. Number four, I'm going to go with Nas. Crazy, right? Nas is last. But I feel like Illmatic, I feel like it was a mixtape. I feel like it was short. It was nine songs. I feel like it was a, a mixtape type of deal. And it was just raw. It wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't really no structure. It was raw, and I feel like it was written was like a little bit more polished. Um, it's a little bit more polished, and I like the track masters on there. And um, I wish track masters could have did the firm album, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, it was just. It was just cool, man. A lot of people didn't like that because he went commercial with the Lauren Hill record. A lot of people ain't like that. They wanted him to stay in that underground soil, but you gotta grow, man. And that Lauren Hill, it was just perfect at the time. Like it just meshed well. Both had chemistry. Song was dope. It gave him a hit. Gave him a hit. And he went platinum. Went platinum out for of that album. Like, I think that was his first platinum album, right? Cause I don't think it was written. I don't think Illmatic sold like that till later on.
but I had put them four because I can't put him over Biggie that I got number three because, man, Ready to Die was incredible. But Life After Death, to me, arguably the best double album of all time. Now, you got Wu-Tang Forever. You got All Eyes on Me. You got um, the Bone Thug shit. But, bruh, no. But that right there, Life After Death, to me, it was so polished. And the fact that it came out like after three, it came out three years later after Ready to Die. So he had time to grow as a person versus an artist, also an artist, and as a person. He got more money. He wasn't wearing the, the bandana no more, the vest, the techno. Like he wasn't like his whole style changed the Versace, Kuji. He got the Jesus piece. The, the Versace glass, like his whole style just switched up. He grown up. He was on his grown man shit, like his Big Daddy Kane shit, or whatever. Um, and also, it's like I like the fact that he put the group on first. He put the group on after him, and I feel like I feel like niggas did that. Niggas followed his blueprint. I feel like Nelly did it. I feel like Fifty did it. For example. Ready to Die came out ninety four. Um, Junior Mafia came out ninety five. He put the group on after his first album. He put the group on, and then he put Lil Kim on after that ninety six. Then came back out ninety seven. So he had all that time to like. He still had his. He still left his mark in the dirt. Like you know what I'm saying. Like he still. He was. He didn't come out for a while, but he was still in the mix because he wrote. Come on, let's be honest. He wrote that whole Junior Mafia album, and he wrote Lil' Kim shit. So he was still out there, you know, out there putting in work while due to finishing touches on his other album. Like, he died, like, three weeks before the album came out. So it was like... So that brought... Even that brought the anticipation to the album, I feel like, even more. You feel what I'm saying? So, I feel like it was just more polished. He still talked about, you know, he had his street shit in there too, like from Ready to Die. He still didn't lose that. But he also grew with songs like Sky's the Limit, Pray for My Downfall. Um, he Other songs he played around with it, like, uh, um, what's that shit? Player? Like, player hater. Like, he had songs that he was playing around with, man. He had a song with the locks, which I, was one of my favorite songs off the album. Um, Sky's the Limit, I feel like, was Juicy Part 2. And it was just telling the story on, or now I made it. Like, Hypnotized, which was a big hit. Like, he just had all these songs, um, Kicking the Door. Ten Crack Commandments. Like, he still had that ready-to-die shit in there. It was a perfect balance to me. Like, it was just so dope. It was just so dope to me. Number two, I'm going to put the clips because I used to, like, that was my thing, man. I was a huge Pharrell fan. I was listening to In Search Of. 
Um, I remember when Rockstar came out, Lab Dance. I said, yo, these niggas was cool as fuck. And it wasn't like anybody else. Like, you didn't see the gangster shit. It was cool to see actual, you know, people skate that was of color and shit. Like, it was just, it was just different. Like, they had their own little vibe. Then they brought out Khalees. Khalees was one of my female favorite female artists for a long time. Khalees just brought them that voice and his beats just meshed well. I like all three of her albums she had with Star Trek. Then you had Clips, which was the first twin group. Then, well, they look like twins. The first twin group, pretty much. Then it was just like they both just had bars, equally bars. They had mixtapes. They had we got it for cheap mixtapes. Um, the mixtape before the third album, like all the albums was hard. The third one you could say is a hit or miss, but I liked it. But Hell Have No Fury is my favorite album. I feel like from from Lord Willing to Grinding, they had the remixes, and then you had Hell Have No Fury. That they they got they got kicked off the label, and that was a that was a while because even even that was a gap because Lord Willing came out. Oh, two and four years later, the clips came out. So that was a huge anticipation. And the feel like the beats were just way darker and way harder. And Pharrell brought it. Pharrell brought the heat on that second album, bro. Like, that's that was one of Rest in Peace. That's one of Virgil's favorite albums. Hell had no fury. Like, and like, it was just. I was just a Star Trek fan at that time, man. Like, Clips just brought it, grinded, like, the beats and the flow. They just, I don't know, man. This shit was just hard. But I got to give it to Ice Cube for the more spot because Cube was just, Cube, man. Cube was just ahead of his time, man. Like, like, and people thought he was dumb for leaving NWA at his peak. Oh, and then forgot the double back, um, like how Biggie did with his group. Nelly did that because he came out with Country Grammar. Then the group album, St. Lunatics. Then Nellyville. 50 came out with Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, then the group, 03. Then Banks, 04. Then Massacre, 05. So it was like, I forgot when Buck came out. I think Buck came out oh five or some shit. I don't know. But it's like he did the same Biggie formula. So to to fast forward, Ice Cube, he went out of the group. People thought he was crazy because they had a successful tour, but the money wasn't straight. So he was like, man, fuck it. He took a gamble, linked up with uh the bomb squad, which was public enemies producers, and he it was like a West Coast. It was a perfect blend of West Coast meets East Coast beats. And Ice Cube brought that shit. It was just gangster shit. I feel like it was NWO style foes on New York beats, and it was incredible. Like, he brought that same energy from NWA and just put his solo effort, and he got successful with that. So by the time he came out with Death Certificate, or in between that, he had Kill Will. Well, Kill That Will, which was which was which was dope. He was the first nigga that did jacket for beats. A lot of people don't remember that. He's the first one that was jacking beats first. 
and and then he just he just had that run where he was just killing it. He didn't say nothing about NWA, and I listened to that from top to bottom. That America's most wanted. He didn't say nothing about NWA that whole album. That's what I respect him for. He could have dissed him, but he didn't. He was just doing his own shit. They dissed him on this second album, Niggas for Life. They took shots at him. They got people saying, fuck Ice Cube. They called the nigga Benedict Arnold. They talked about him on 100 Miles and Running Mixtape. I was like, damn, bro. He didn't have no choice but to make no Vaseline. Like, he had to, he, he didn't have no choice. And then I feel like Death Certificate, to me, was the most gangster album of all time because it was a mix of political shit that was going on at that time with the with the street shit. Like he blended pretty much America's Most Wanted <clears throat> and added the politics to it, and it was just a perfect album. That's the to me that's the most gangster album of all time because the beats got more political or the, the but he just he just got more gangster. He just turned up. It just those first two albums, man. Cannot be duplicated. I feel like he did a three P honestly with um Predator, which is most his most successful album. But uh today was a good day. But Ice Cube gotta be number one. I'm a huge Ice Cube fan. Um my favorite West Coast artist. He is on the Mount Rushmore, which he is in that group. But to me, like it's just no other, man. White folks were scared of Ice Cube, man. And he always backed up what he said. He was articulate about his messaging and why he said this. And he wasn't just saying shit just because it sounded cool or rhymed. He had a message. He just put it all in rhyme form. And he forever will be, he forever will be dope to me, man. I don't give a fuck. It kills me to be like, hey, you know who Ice Cube is? Oh, yeah, the dude from... uh. Are we there yet? That shit kills me, bro. Like these young folks, man. It's just like, God damn, like you know, they don't know about NWA. You, you still learning. You still think that it's the nigga from Barbershop, like. That but nigga from Friday, right? Oh, it's the guy from Friday. Like what? Anyways, man, that's my that's. That's my ranking, man. What about what about what about you? Number four. I may have to put at number four. At number four, I'm probably gonna have to agree with you because uh, it seems like no matter you know where he goes, I kind of feel like. Illmatic is always going to cast a, a dark shadow on Nas's career because it seems like that's you know the only piece of the only album that people really associate himself uh, associate Nas with because even though it's still a great album, it it seems like people just you know want him to still continue to play songs off that first album again, 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 again. Uh, you know, whether it's you know live shows with the symphony uh, and things like that, it feels like at this point, you know, that's what his career is basically being defined as—just that one album. 
especially since you know we have talk about that but it seems like every uh every other thing that they talk about when, when people recognize Illmatic uh in the first album so I can feel like with that and, and don't get me wrong it's still a great album to this day um but I feel like that's what his his career is basically in, been defined as you know um just Illmatic. Um, it was written, um, still a good album, but I kind of feel like with it was written, um, even though it's starting to get the love and appreciation uh, like it is, you know, now people need to remember like back then it, it really wasn't given, you know, the love and respect that it is uh, today. Because you know, back then, like, I kind of feel like he was, you know, kind of biting a little bit, to be honest. You know, he was, you know, biting the whole mafioso trend since Jay-Z was doing that. Uh, well, on yeah. The album. Cool, well, yeah, you know he got his style from Cool G Rap. Yeah, that. Um, if I Rule the World with Lauren Hill, that was a huge hit. And I like that, you know, it, it started, you know, shedding. You, uh, it started pulling away from, you know, uh, the Illmatic ties that he had off the first album. Um, but other than that, I kind of felt like it was written. It kind of just, it was, it kind of just bit off other people's stuff at the time. And it didn't feel, I guess you could say original because, you know, Black Girl Lost off that album. It, it reminded me of, you know, a throwaway song. Um, I gave you power. Uh, basically, uh, was Farrah Monch's ver- uh, first verse on Organized Confusion's uh, "Stray Bullet," and I felt like with that, it was just you know extended over a DJ Premier beat. Um, I- first two albums. Uh, actually, I got a number three. <laughs> Number three, I'm going to have to put clips there uh, with Lord Will and Hell Have No Fury. Um, I'm putting that at number three because, you know, grinding was at the time. They also had uh, I Don't Love Her off that album, which was pretty good. I, I wasn't, excuse me, I, I really wasn't uh, bumping it like I was grinding. At the time, when's the last time? Great song right there. Uh, oh, Virginia, that's that's an underrated song from there. Oh yeah, hell yeah, that beat was that beat was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get a chance, go back and listen to that. Uh, to the listeners, um, definitely a great, a great album. Uh, Hell hath no fury. 
I think I remember at the time of its release, I believe it was Double XL. I could be wrong. I think it gave it uh, like the illustrious Double XL rating at the time. Uh, it was, I do remember hearing that it was critically acclaimed, you know, back when, um, like back then, when you wanted to listen to an album, you had to go buy it. And for me at the time, like I was just, I just remember, you know, reading, you know, magazines to see, you know, what critics thought and how they felt about it, whether it was you know, Source, Double XL, to, you know, stuff started, you know, being put online slowly but surely at the time. I definitely uh, remember hearing about all the uh, all the reviews for that one. Uh, critics, you know, just loved it. Uh, some of my favorites on uh, "I'll Have No Fury," "Mama, I'm So Sorry," yeah, the beat on there was "Mama, I'm So Sorry." Probably the best beat on that album. Oh yeah. Crazy. So I gotta put them at number three. Number two. I'm gonna have to go with Ice Cube with America's Most Wanted and a Death Certificate. Just even though um. Ice Cube put out two great, um, great albums. There was a lot of controversy surrounding uh, both uh, albums at the time because, uh, like you said, a lot of people called him crazy for leaving, you know, NWA at the time. As we all know, it's the. I remember he had an interview. Let's say. 8990 with uh, MTV. Um, I think it was one of his first interviews to where he left NWA. Uh, uh, gave his side of the story, talked about what happened. And then when they asked how things were with him, he said, uh, I remember him saying everything was okay. Oh, the Nigga You Love to Hate, one of my favorites off there. Title track, uh, Endangered Species, that's the one, uh, like you said, he hooked up with uh, you know, Public Enemies uh, production group, The Bomb Squad, and on Endangered Species, he worked with Chuck D, Who's the Mac, rolling with the Lynch Mob, and then, you know, with the Death Certificate, which I think was, well, in my opinion, was a better album. You had the long negative popular, steady mobbing, uh, giving up the nappy dugout. Uh, you got to read between the lines to figure out what that one is. Uh, True to the Game, I think that might be favorite uh, cut off that album. And, you know, very controversial uh, so, quick little back there on that one. 
Korea was the, you know, around the time with the LA uh, riots going on with Death and Rock King, that's when he put out the uh, put out that track and he was basically being called a racist at the time too because you know it was just him you know attacking you know the Asian Americans and you know that's where people attacking you know, the rest of the riots at the time very very racist. There was also, I think it was that track or the one before it, you know, that him, that he said, you know, go to the corner store and be good. Finish the, uh, the rest of the sentence. Is, uh, this is a uh, racist email by you know, Spotify and things like that. Uh, I'll let you, uh, I'll say go listen to it. Uh, but, you know, uh, very controversial, but still a great album. Got to put uh, this one in death certificate and number two. Uh, number one, I'm going to say Dying Life After Death. It was, uh, you know, it was, it, it was such, both are still such a great album at the time. But I feel like, uh, in my opinion, because Unchained warning. One more chance. That was huge. Had the what with Method Man. Uh, one of my favorites off the album. Believable. Suicidal thoughts. And uh, like you pointed out, it said uh, you said it took him um, three years between albums uh, and um, with Life After Death. It just I just love how it just continued directly right where uh, Ready to Die left off at. You know, with, with somebody's got to die, hitting the time, kicking the door. Wow. Ten track commandments. I mean, nobody, nobody kills you. I mean, the list just goes all the And, you know, I just love, I would say Life After Death was the better album. But, you know, the, again, that's my opinion. And number one, uh, that, and because, you know, I can relate to you. Know, to both albums at the same time too. So just like times are hard, money's not coming in, you gotta do this to provide for your family. You gotta sell, you know, drugs even though it's wrong. Lights on, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, stay on these streets and you gotta hustle. So something not only that I can relate to, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate to as well. So, I mean, those are my, uh, those are my four right there. was written at four. Oh, and, and Hell Half No Fury at three. Uh, Erica's Most Wanted and Death Certificate at two. And uh, Ready to Die and Life After Death at one.
those are the, that's my ranking. But uh, anything you want to add before we get into shout outs and um and um album recommendations? Yeah, check out um check out all eight of those albums, man. If you have it, man. If you just go do your hip hop history and do do your stuff for due diligence and just go back and listen to. Go listen to a lot of albums from freshman to sophomore albums. Like it's a lot of good freshman. It's a lot of good freshman to sophomore albums out there. You know, you got Kendrick. You got. Um, I would say J. Cole. You can say J. Cole. You can say Drake. So it's like. Now it's starting uh, to hear how they are now. Right. The next, the next list we should do is who had the who has the best third album. The third album is the most pivotal. You can either go this way or go left. Right. You can either continue what you're doing, or just take it another route. So we got to find four artists and rate their third albums. Right. Mm-hmm. That should be. We should uh, do that for the next one. Uh, yeah. All right, we put that in the next one. Uh, but yeah, let's. Um, oh, I know it's Kyle here. He he be cursing us out for putting Nas at number four. But hey, it's just how we feel. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into um, shout outs now. Uh, go ahead, Derek. Um, shout out to listeners. Sorry we took so long, but you know, shit happens, man. Life happens. We got families, man, and you know some things don't go our way all the time. So, but um, we still on it. We ain't forgot about y'all. We still gonna make it work. We gonna do what we gotta do. Um, to be more consistent, but just be patient with us, man. And keep riding with us. Um, shout out to all the content creators, man. Don't give up on your dreams. Um, just keep going. You might have obstacles, but it's all about what you do after the loss or after you fall. It's all about how you get back up. I know that's cliche to say, but this is what it is. Um, that's what makes that's what builds character. Um, Shout out to Cal, man. He's doing a lot of big things, man. He's still doing the DJ gigs. Um, still doing his thing, man. Still doing the mashups on um on Facebook, man. Follow him, Cal Bell, Instagram at DJ Young Frankie. And um just keep just keep keep just keep you know following him his and his movement, man. He's he's to me he's already a legend, but you know, the world gonna see him now. Um, he's still a part of the podcast too. Don't get it fucked up. Right. Um, album recommendation, man. Shit. I go off um the Larry June Alchemist, man. Woo. Uh, the Great Escape. I feel like I've I've been waiting for a long time. Cause Larry June, 
he like changed his flow a lot since he started. It wasn't it wasn't the ad libs. <laughs> like he he started he chilled out on that shit. <laughs> like like it ain't gimmicky no more. Like you know you know chilled out. He done got more smooth. He been hanging with currency a lot, so his music done got smoother. Um. This shit might be compared to Cushion Orange Juice, bro. I don't know, bro. It's it's that smooth. And I've been waiting for him to link up with Alchemist because Alchemist got them chill-ass samples that no one heard before, them chill-ass beats. And just for Larry June to be on his smooth shit, it was just great, man. It was just a dope-ass album. And I knew it was going to be dope when they announced it. I just knew it. Like, the way he's been flowing these days. I like the tape he had with Harry Fraud that came out. Like, he just been doing his shit, man. He just been doing his shit. He ain't got to be the lyricist of the year. Like, I don't care about that. It's all about a vibe. Like, he the nigga I could listen to in a car and just go on a road trip and just ride to. He just makes that middle-class chill music. You know what I'm saying? And he makes... He makes... I like niggas who brag about what they doing in life currently, at the time. Like, Tyler, Drake... Like, they make what they're into cool. Like, a lot of niggas don't be, you know, the healthy tip like Larry June. He, he don't, they don't drink orange juice and shit like that and all that. But he's into that. And he, but he makes it cool to be into that because he's into that. So it's not it all about chasing the cool. You got to feel like what you do is cool. Currency, his, his love for cars. Wiz just just cool about just smoking like like he just makes what he does cool and I like when niggas highlight with Tyler he just he he his 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 braggadocious shit is about traveling and shit like and his and his car collection like I like hearing shit like that man and I've been a late June fan I've been seeing his name a lot I wasn't really on him like that early in his career but it's probably like twenty. Like twenty, probably nineteen, twenty twenty. I been, I got focused on Larry June. I bet I downloaded all his. I got, I put all his mixtapes in a, in a playlist or all whatever, and it was just going through it. My favorite song by him is uh, "Water in My Plants." Oh yeah, and um, just cause of that sample, like I love that War Air sample. Like that shit is dope. I like when I like when Mary J. Blige did it. I like when J. Cole rapped over it on um I like when J. Cole rapped over it on a come up. It just a dope bad sample, man. Um Yeah, man. And my favorite song on there is uh Margie's Candy House, the last song. He killed that shit. But go listen to Larry Drew, man. And uh, be safe out there, man. If you don't have to be out, if you don't have to be outside, don't go outside. Right. Just go when it's needed. But sometimes you do need that sun, though. Like I'm thinking about getting me a bike so I can just ride around the city and just absorb the sun and just the nutrients of the earth. Like we all need that shit, man. And it's good for your mental health. It's good for your, your mental, like ride a bike, seeing out, seeing the the atmosphere, like like. 
I'm 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 into that type of shit now. Like I'm just trying to change my the way I just do what makes me happy and you know just bring positivity and and all that shit, man. Just just growing up pretty much, you know. So so just you know and don't do too much. Stop clout chasing and when you try hard, when you die hard. So shout out to everybody, man. Thank y'all. All right, Nick. Um, yeah, definitely shout out to Kyle Bell. Uh, we're gonna try and get him, hopefully try to get him uh, uh back on the show. Uh, like he's uh like Jared said, he's still part of the show. Uh, he ain't gone. We didn't kick him off. No, uh, no stupid shit like that. Just doing his own thing. Uh, shout out to everybody. Um. Who, um, who's working hard to get state, whether you're in high school, college, whatever. Uh, shout out to you. Keep working hard. Get your degree. Do something uh, with your lives, and you know, uh, just have fun with it. Since you know summer's coming up, um, uh, like we said, we do apologize. You know, but you know, like like Jared said, shit does happen. Uh, you know. Our schedules are, you know, a little bit more complicated, but, you know, we're trying to, you know, record more, you know, put more episodes out for everybody. Uh, oh, also, uh, rest in peace to jazz piano player uh, Ahmad Jamal, who passed away uh, last night at the uh, 16th. Uh, for those who don't know who uh, Jamal is, May not know who he is, but you have heard some of his samples and you know rap songs uh, over the years. Uh, he had uh, some of his samples uh, do include them being in you know Nas's "The World Is Yours," uh, "De La Soul Stakes Is High," mm. Jay Z's "Feeling." There we go. I, I was trying to remember what Jay Z's song was. Uh, again, Nas, I gave you power. Uh, J. Cole's ATM. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, they say by Common. So, a lot of his music was a lot of uh, great artists that you hear uh, today, and you know, definitely uh, some dope tracks. And he will be missed. Uh, so, rest in peace to him. After passing away at the age of two, uh, album recommendation. Uh, you know what? I'll give you uh, Tyler's uh, the estate sale, which is basically off the deluxe edition. And I didn't think uh, "Call Me If You Get Lost" was great when it came out. But now that he drops the deluxe edition, it's just like, man, that's just it's just greatness on another uh, on another level. You know, uh, he dropped Dog Tooth. Uh, I remember seeing the video to that. Uh, what a day, which was produced by by uh, Mad Lib, uh, boyfriend girlfriend with YG. Uh, 
I can't remember off the top what uh what song it was yet with the staples. Uh plus, you know, the original track list with Lost. And just great album. Uh, just go check it out if you haven't heard it. Still, uh, like I said, it still has the original track list uh, listing from Call Me If You Get Lost with Lumberjack, uh, What's Your Name, Wolfshire, uh, Juggernaut. So, yeah, definitely go check that out. And still do this. So uh, the estate sale uh, um, uh, call me if you get lost. Go check that one out. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, get on out of here? Um, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. And um, we all at y'all next time. Right. Yeah. I'll like, uh, yeah. Uh, before we go, just turn on, um, click the bell to be notified on when we do drop episodes. Uh, because we we're hopefully going to try to you know keep it up and keep pushing out more episodes every two weeks. Click the bell to get notified uh, whether you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Um, yeah, and that's it. Let's let's get on out of here because it's it's late and we uh, just got to get on out of here since it's three thirty in the morning. Um, other than that, um, we thank y'all for tuning in. We thank y'all for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll be back here in two weeks for another new episode of the Little Marauders Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, and we out. Peace. Peace. The Low End Marauders podcast is hosted by Kyle Bill, Jarrett Knox, and me, Nicholas Rawls. Our in and outro music, Fat Albert and Rudy, is by Ninth Wonder. Be sure to follow and talk to us on Instagram and Twitter at Low End Marauders. Plus, stop by our, our online shop and buy some merch to show your support for the show. Check the show notes for the link to the store. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. Why? Reviews are what helps get the show more attention. So don't be shy to leave us a review. And don't be afraid to say what you want to hear from us on future episodes as well. Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. So that way you know when new episodes are released. And that way you can stay updated with us and the show. Alright everyone, that's it for us. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Peace.